What is up, everybody? This is Jack Bushman here for another episode of Talking Hockey. Today is sixth, and we have a first-time guest joining us on the podcast today with us, uh, Tony Generis, a fellow Blackhawks writer and contributor for Sports Mockery, along with myself. Uh, Tony, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining me today, man. Hey, Jack. How you doing? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? Pretty good. Ready to dive in. All right. Awesome. So, yes, as I said, today is Wednesday, March 6th. Since we last talked on the podcast, a lot has happened with the Chicago Blackhawks. And coming into this last weekend, we were hopeful the Hawks could string together some wins on the West Coast. But they managed to come up empty for back-to-back weekends after a disappointing homestand versus Colorado and Dallas. So, uh, Blackhawks, the one win they did have out on the West Coast, that game against Anaheim, that they barely scraped together a win last second, Patrick Kane. So they haven't uh, been looking even very good against some bad teams lately. That's one thing that I've noticed. What have you thought about the Blackhawks' uh, West Coast trip lately, Tony? Yeah, for some reason, they could not win a game against the Pacific teams this year. Um, Yeah, they struggled all year. (laughs) It's very confusing because those are some bad teams, maybe some of the worst in the league. Yeah, right. Uh, Anaheim, we snuck away with a win, Patrick Kane. uh, with a heartbreaking fashion as he loves to do with like 16 (laughs) seconds left in the third. Uh, But then Los Angeles on Saturday, I thought, you know, that's just, usually we play pretty well against subpar teams, but we got absolutely smoked Saturday afternoon to, you know, the worst team in the Western conference. So it was kind of disappointing to see that. And then obviously San Jose, I didn't really expect them to play too well against that San Jose Sharks team. They usually never play well against them, to be honest. Right. Um, With the, with the uh, Kings, the, you got to take into oh, consideration man. the Kajula injury. I th- can't think that kind of threw things off a little bit. And then, oh, man. And then also great. Crawford coming back from like, what, a 20 game absence kind of didn't have, didn't have his best stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough for him always in his first comeback games, especially with our defense. It's never going to be easy for anyone <laughs> and not for the Blackhawks. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Crow plays in these last 16 games, uh, how healthy he'll be, how consistent they'll, uh, be with him now that Cam Ward's out for the next week or so and Delia's back up. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what role they give Crawford uh, down the stretch here. I'm interested to see. Yeah, um, that's very interesting now because Cam Ward's out. He was starting a majority of the games lately, and Delia was getting mixed in every so often. Um, I think they'll give Delia – Ward's been solid. Yeah, right. I think since they brought Delia back up on the emergency call-up, um, I think he's going to get some more playing time to see what he can offer the team and see if they need to uh, make any changes at the goalie position heading into the offseason. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting down the stretch for sure in the goaltending department. Obviously, Corey Crawford is a fr- uh, free agent at the end of next season, and who even knows if he's going to be wanting to play hockey at the end of next season with his concussion problems. Right. So that's something to keep an eye on, how Crawford's – play here down the stretch uh with that contract season it could be his last year uh as a Blackhawk and last year even in the NHL next season but looking at the Blackhawks right now well out of a playoff race at this point nine points back of a playoff spot which is 16 games left in the regular season Patrick Kane said it himself pretty much every game from here on out is a must win and with this Blackhawks defense it's just not realistic pretty much not realistic for any team besides (laughs) maybe the Lightning uh, so it looks like for the second consecutive season, 
the Blackhawks will not make the postseason. And this was a, a kind of interesting stat I saw here. Their last postseason win came all the way back in 2016 in game six of the first round to the Blues, a game that I was actually at, lucky enough. Oh, wow. That was a crazy atmosphere. That was wild, wild. Forced game seven and then broke my heart. <laughs> broke my heart that game seven against the Blues. I'll never forget. Eric Gustafson <laughs> made defense, that defensive mistake against Brower. Typical. Oh. Yeah, of course. No. <laughs> Nothing nothing changes. No. He has gotten but, uh, better offensively, though, at least. We could say that. Yeah, he would uh, He would be a really solid top four defenseman if we just had the right pieces around him. And yeah. it's, he's just been the same story all year, man. He's been great for the power play, great at moving the puck in the own zone, but in his defensive zone, he is just not – He's just not reliable to play big-time minutes. That's just the fact of the matter. He's 26 years old at this point. He is what he is, you know? I I say he pretty much hit his ceiling, especially offensively, I would say. Um, Defensively, I don't see him getting much better. Um, You could try to surround him with some defensive defensemen, but those are very rare to find nowadays. Um, So tough. The Blackhawks are kind of uh, limited in their options on defense right now, I would say. Yeah, no, there's not a lot uh, on the market this year for sure. Definitely a limited market for uh, defensemen. Got guys like uh, Tyler Myers. <laughs> uh, why am I blanking on Toronto right now? Jake Gardner, obviously. Gardner, yeah, I was blanking on him. Um, and then uh, Alex Edler out of <laughs> Vancouver, who yeah. he's pretty old and he's injured every year. I feel like so. Yeah. Not very many options on the defensive end, and all our prospects that we have coming up right now, they're all known more as offensive guys right now. Mm-hmm. They're all still young, and they can hopefully build defensively because that's our biggest weakness right now is yeah. we just don't have any shutdown defense. And we have, like, Connor Murphy is – he's like a number two, three guy, but, yeah. you know, he's not someone that could significantly make, you know, five mediocre defensemen around him better. Right. Well, even with Connor Murphy, he's one of our best defensemen, but he's maybe a uh, second-pairing or third-pairing guy on a good team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like a three in my a three on a good team, yeah. three or four. Um, I had an interesting proposition for you. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm all for it. Would you move or consider moving Gustafson to a winger position? Oh, man. He has the offensive talent. He's he does. He actually does and he has the offensive vision and he's so bad in his defensive zone, honestly, I would consider yeah. it, but I feel like oh he's kinda late in his career. Like if he was twenty two and had maybe like two terrible seasons, I don't know. I just like it doesn't happen often enough where I like feel like oh man, that's tough. I would consider it honestly, but we just don't have enough defensemen that Right. There's a shortage right now. Our our defensive situation is so odd. Like, mm-hmm. we just have so many bad guys. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's a tough spot to be in. Like, with Dahlstrom and Cuckoo being free agents at the end of the season. Like, are we gonna sign them? Or are we gonna like? I don't I don't necessarily know if they're part of the future or right. not. But at the same time, they've looked decent in stretches. Mm-hmm. So know, it's gonna be interesting for sure. Um, I I think they need more playing time so we can actually decide whether they're worth it or not. That's that's what I'm thinking as well here. That uh, the Blackhawks should go with down the stretch. Hopefully, 
just giving guys some looks, making sure they see uh, making sure they see what they have with everybody on the roster before the offseason hits. Right. I w- I'm expecting some more uh, Rockford call-ups as well with the last 16 games in play. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that will happen. Uh, guys, someone like, uh, you know, we haven't seen Ed Shell at all. He's a right. free agent at the end of the season. I don't know if the Blackhawks are even going to give him a qualifying offer. Yeah, um, at this point, it, I would say no, because he hasn't really shown anything in the NHL yet. Honestly, it's so crazy how that trade worked out, because when we made that Hartman trade to Nashville, we got those picks, mm-hmm. and we got Edschel, and I was, like, pumped that Edschel was going to be, like, the big part of that deal. And then yeah. the two picks end up being Bodan and Kirishev. So <laughs> it's looking like even if Edschel is, like – a scratch out of that group, that's still a huge win for us at the end of the day, especially that right. Ryan Hartman already got shipped out of Nashville. Right. When you consider that we got those two quality prospects and then Hartman is even with the team that we traded him to, so that tells you how much he's worth. Exactly. So now uh, get back to looking at the games this past weekend. Uh, from L.A. and San Jose, quickly we'll run through those games, tell mm-hmm. me. Saturday afternoon, uh, Blackhawks allowed the Kings to score two power play goals in the first <laughs> five minutes of that game. Went down 3 nothing in the first period. The penalty kill is still dead last in the league. I think I've said this for the last 10 episodes, I'm pretty sure. It's been since, like, November at least. Like, late November, mm-hmm. early December, they've been dead last. Yeah. They're at 72.8, 72.8% right now, and no team has had that bad of a PK unit since 1985-86. I saw that stat in your article that you recently wrote, too. That's insane. That's ridiculous. It's been over 20 years since a PK has been that bad. That's how bad our PK is. That's, like, historically bad. That's terrible. I mean, it's been so hard to watch. It's killed us all year. And the realism of it is you can't have a PK that's that bad and be in the playoffs. You're going to get torched by a good team, even if you somehow found a way to sneak in. Right, a combination of a bad PK with a bad defense, you're not going anywhere. Exactly. I'm surprised <laughs> Surprised we even made it this far. But, I mean, the Western Conference was just a crapshoot there for a little bit. Everyone was just losing. The Blackhawks randomly won 10 out of 12 against a bunch of bad teams that made, a, made our confidence a little higher than I probably yeah. should have been. It's been a roller coaster of a season, that's for sure. It actually – I had low expectations heading into this season because I – see what the roster was, and it wasn't very deep. But you could see that this team, with a few more additions and some key spots, it has a chance of improving a lot next year, I would say. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there's some young pieces there that you got to be happy with. Obviously, the emergence of Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strom has just been fantastic for uh, the future look of the top six right there. Yeah, that's a, that's a big spot. We really got to solidify that down. Obviously, Jonathan Tate's having a great bounce back season. Patty mm-hmm. Kane's going to do what Patty Kane does. So it's nice to see that we got some solid pieces loaded up there. Uh, but with some money to spend in free agency, it'll be interesting to see what moves the Hawks definitely make. Right. Um, with the defenseman market being as poor or shallow as it's going to be, I would not really pay money for any of those guys i would prefer to make a trade for a defenseman i think that's your best bet at this point that's what i'm saying the market just isn't there and <laughs> the defensive struggles are just so obvious and i just don't know if any of those guys are going to be that big of solutions 
it, it sucks because we're struggling, you know, yeah. against the team, the worst team in the Western Conference, a six to three loss. That <laughs> loss just solidifies that the Hawks are just not a playoff caliber team, which has just been swept under the rug really all season mm-hmm. long. Just thanks to the crazy offensive production, some timely goal scoring, timely goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane's cooled off a little bit recently here, and it's really exposed this team for what it truly is. You know, a team that has, as we were just saying, four to five solid offensive pieces, and that's that's really about it right now. Yeah. We just have a, pleth- a plethora of, like, third-pairing defensemen, and then the bottom six is just a scramble, you know. But but some pieces are there, and it is exciting, as as you were saying. Mm-hmm. But there's there's some there's some work that needs to be done for sure. Yeah, absolutely. They'll Sanbo and Coe's they're going to have their hands full this offseason season with uh, seeing who they want to keep and get rid of, and maybe potentially bringing in some new guys. Yeah, I think a trade would have to be our only option this summer because just the, the market isn't there for the defensemen that we need right now. So it's a, it's a year away. There's a lot of defensemen in the class after. I took a peep at that. I feel, mm-hmm. don't have any names off the top of my mind, but I went went through that, and I was texting some uh, one of my buddies about it, and there were a bunch of names on that uh, in the uh, 2020 free agency. Yeah. So there's that'll a, be, there's I think that's a better better chance to just wait. No, no right. rush to spend a lot of money on someone that's not going to be a significant ad. There's some RFAs that I would consider trading for, maybe to see how it works out. If you don't like them, then you can just cut ties with them. That's uh, can always go that route. It'll it'll be interesting to see what the moves uh what the moves are this off season for sure. And then now looking back at Sunday's loss to San Jose, the Blackhawks did actually manage to hang around through the first forty minutes of that game. Yeah, score was two to two heading into the third. Stroman Gustafson had some nice goals to continue their hot play, but. Eventually, the defense did their thing and collapsed in the third period. <laughs> Allowed three goals to lose five to two, and it was another tough loss for the Hawks against a solid playoff caliber opponent. Right, and that's just kind of been the narrative every time they've played a quality team this bad, like the past couple of weeks. You know, Columbus, uh, Colorado, Dallas, San Jose. Those games are just prime examples that you know the Blackhawks they don't have a complete roster and just can't hang with the big boys. Right. I've been noticing that for this entire season, it's been kind of a theme. They don't play a full 60 minutes. They play really well for maybe 20 or 40, but they can't pull through and get that win at the end. I swear I haven't seen them play a complete 60 minutes this entire season. Yeah. And I swear after, I swear after every game, <laughs> like we're like almost 70 games into the season. I find this hilarious. Actually, we're like 70 games into the season and Jonathan Taze or Jeremy Colleton are like, we still haven't played our best hockey yet. It's like, <laughs> where the hell is our best hockey? Like, <laughs> when is this best hockey going to come? Like, it's obviously, you know, yeah. a wild goose chase. That whole month of February was pretty much the best hockey that they're going to play. Cupcake. It was also a cakewalk. Yeah. <laughs> they were, you, uh, like think, we like, nine and four. I think that's as good as they're going to get with this roster. The teams they beat were so sad. They'd be like, Van- yeah, Vancouver, Buffalo, Detroit twice, mm-hmm. Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. Like they were just, they were just taking on some cupcakes there. They got a nice stretch of the schedule that, <laughs> you know, got them, got them right back in the race. But here we are kind of where we, you know, probably expected to be probably honestly a better season, as you said earlier. Yeah. I, I thought it would be, you know, 
I definitely didn't think we would be competing for a playoff spot. We got pretty lucky in that aspect. Yeah, if you ask me, my prediction at the beginning of the season was maybe a fringe playoff team at best. So it's been nice to watch some uh, good hockey for a change. I definitely thought we were coming in last place in our division. Yeah. Our division's so good. I definitely thought we were coming in last. I was like, yikes, dude. This defense <laughs> was trash. <laughs> when Carlton first came in, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, man, dude. November and December were dark times. Mm-hmm. Like, some real, real dark times. Yeah. Three wins in 22 games. <laughs> Don't remind In almost me. two months. That's so sad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, pretty pretty uh incredible that we actually uh made a run to the postseason or you know made it uh made it to the race at least a little bit. Yeah. But looking at the current state of the Blackhawks now, well out of a playoff spot currently, seems you know playoffs ever a mere afterthought at this point. Let's talk about kind of what to expect from the Blackhawks the rest of the way. Sixteen games left in the regular season, and this afternoon at practice. Saw some uh, interesting line combinations uh, that many fans did Mm -hmm. not like uh, to Twitter's dismay. (laughs) The lines were ugly, you know, but the last 16 games of the season here for the Hawks in this position, in my opinion, they're not necessarily about winning. We don't want to tank. I hate that term tank. But we want to give the younger guys some exposure and, you know, create open looks. And I just think that's the best way for what they have throughout their roster. Yeah, um, Stanbo is definitely going to use these last 16 games as an evaluation period, especially for those guys on expiring contracts and some of the guys in the AHL that they maybe want to re-sign, but they're not sure. So they're probably going to get some playing time. Um, yeah, we'll get to some of those guys in a minute here. Yeah, um, Got it. but I think we shouldn't be expecting a ton of wins to finish out the season, to be honest. Um of course, we're going to be watching the uh, draft pick odds where we're going to land. Um, that'll be interesting to watch because we got some great prospects coming out, especially in the top 10 this year. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see what uh, pick we, we end up with. Honestly, it can range really anywhere from like 5 to like 15 at this point. Yeah. So it'll be really, uh, really cool to see what happens uh, in that aspect. So, looking at the lines for the Blackhawks today, <laughs> if uh, any of the listeners didn't see the Blackhawks lines at practice, uh, Brandon Saad and Jonathan Taze were on the top line with John Hayden, interestingly enough, as Taze and Kane were finally separated. Not the best option, John Hayden, <laughs> on the top line, but he's, he's someone that, honestly, he could use some exposure uh, at this point. We don't really know. I don't really, we didn't trade him. Um, there was obviously some talk about moving John Hayden, some teams that were uh, interested in him. I was mm-hmm. kind of surprised we didn't move him. Me too. Because he's kind of a question mark at this point, and not really sure what kind of player he is. But uh, if he's getting some first-line minutes, we'll, we'll definitely see what he has to offer. Yeah. Um, and then I think the trade talk around John Hayden really came up more when the Blackhawks acquired Drake Kajula because uh, Hayden becomes expendable with that addition of Kajula. Um, I personally, I see Kajula as like an Andrew Shaw on steroids. He's he's a better Shaw. Dude, Kajula's been, he looked really good. I really hope uh, this concussion doesn't keep him out for too long. That was unfortunate to see. Yeah. Uh, on, on just a bad hit. Um, hopefully he comes back because he was looking awesome on that top line. 
with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. I mean, obviously, probably long-term, you don't want Drake Kajula on your top line. Right. But he was looking pretty impressive. And ever since we acquired him, he's had that chip on his shoulder. And uh, he's been throwing his weight around, uh, been racking up the hits, uh, mm-hmm. showing that he'll get into some fights. Uh, I love that smile that he's got, too, just missing <laughs> those front teeth. It's it's a great one. He fits, he fits the role. Yeah, he fits the role perfect, honestly. So yeah. hopefully he's able to come back soon. And, yeah, honestly, uh, with Kajula, he has the same contract as John Hayden. They're both signed uh, till the end of next season. So mm-hmm. that was something that I honestly thought that was going to get Hayden traded as well. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what John Hayden has to offer in these last 16 games. Uh, looking at the second line now at practice, it was uh, Alex DeBrinkett was uh, on the wing with uh, his good buddy Dylan Strom. And then Brendan Perlini was on the second line with them, which I really like to see. Perlini's looked solid in his past couple outings. He's really been shafted this year on playing time, in my opinion. I've talked about it all season long. It's really, it's really, <laughs> really grinds my gears when Jeremy Carlton, you know, plays him less than Chris Kunitz or <laughs> Marcus Kruger. I'm like, why? Yeah. He scored 17 goals last year, second second most on the Coyotes, uh, only behind Clayton Keller. So, and that's a team that didn't score very many goals last year. Uh, and then his rookie season, he scored 14 goals in like 55, 60 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he's shown he can light the lamp. Honestly, I, I would be pretty disappointed to see him uh, sign elsewhere this offseason. Yes. Didn't see him on yeah. the second line. I want to see him get his chances. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you with uh, Brendan Perlini. I think um, he could turn out to be a, a big-time goal scorer. He could, with uh, being on the second line with some better talent, I think it might showcase his abilities a little bit better. With that, he'll get some more playing time, and hopefully he'll uh, rack up some points too as well. Um, I think with Perlini, that's going to be another Duclair situation for the Blackhawks. Are they going to keep him? Or are they going to not? I think they should because it's going to be a, a cheap option for them. Yeah, honestly, uh, Perlini, with just like what's happened with him, just like the situation, it probably would be pretty uh... – it probably wouldn't cost the Blackhawks too much to go out and get him, honestly. And the Blackhawks have the money for it. Right. Um, he's still young. He's only 22 years old, you know. And his 21-year-old 21, uh, 21 season – couldn't get that out. <laughs> his 21-year-old season, uh, he, you know, he was the second-leading goal scorer for an NHL team. So I think that's an impressive feat uh, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, not many guys are going to succeed playing on the fourth line with Marcus Kruger and Chris Kunitz or John Hayden, you know? Right. So I think it's good to see him uh, get some playing time and really good to see him score those two goals on Saturday afternoon against the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah. And then looking at the Blackhawks third line in uh, practice, Kane was randomly on that third line. I don't really know what was up <laughs> with that. But he was back with Anisimov and uh, Dominic Cahoon, which, I don't know, whatever. That's just kind of a whatever line. Kane can seamlessly make anyone around him produce. Yeah, he's going to carry anyone he plays with. And uh, Anisimov definitely needs someone to carry him. He is brutal. He's just so slow, man. And that's the biggest – I think that's been the biggest transition in the NHL the last couple of seasons is just the speed. The youth and the speed in the NHL, the game is so much faster than it was a couple seasons ago. And Anisimov, just his biggest uh, biggest flaw and weakness really is his speed in the neutral zone. Yeah. Like, he, he really has a hard time ever carrying the puck into the zone. Have you noticed that? Like, right, yeah. He can't he can't deke around anyone. He can't skate around <laughs> anyone. And all his goals are scored within, you know, four or five feet in front of the net. Yeah. That's just kind of what he is. And for 
$4.5 million a year. Him playing on the third line or fourth line like he was for a stretch of the season, that's just, you know, juice isn't worth the squeeze on that contract. Right. His salary alone makes him unjustified to keep as a long-term player. Um, that's a very expensive paperweight. Um. He, he's so <laughs> frustrating. He's so frustrating, honestly, because – he looked so good the first couple of years on that. Obviously, he had Kane and Panarin <laughs> toying with the puck yeah. and playing with him. And he would just stand in front of the net for, you know, tap-ins. But he looked decent, you know. His first couple of years, $4.5 million. It didn't look too bad until, like, the Nashville series. It started becoming a glaring hole. Yeah. And then ever since that Nashville series, it's been like, oh, man, like, that's a bad deal. Yeah. Especially the no-movement clause. The, the partial no-movement clause is what's killing it. Yeah, we can't do anything with him until this offseason, basically, now since he has that clause. I don't know why Stan Bowman got so damn trigger-happy to give out these no-movement clauses. He even gave one to Cam Ward. Like, <laughs> right. why? Why Why does Cam Ward need a no-movement clause? I don't know. I think that's partially because he's not a very good negotiator. He just throws that in there. Stan Bowman, he just made some whack moves this offseason. He's been really good – throughout the course of the season. Mm-hmm. He's been really solid, honestly, um, ever since the off-season acquisitions. Fantastic move getting, obviously, Strom and uh, Perlini. I think we'd both agree that the Blackhawks feel a lot more comfortable having Dylan Strom heading into this offseason than they would with Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, I would agree with so that. So that, that, move, that move continues to look better by the day. And then the Drake Kajula move was fantastic. Uh Dishing, dishing away Jan Ruda for Slater Cuckoo. Slater Cuckoo actually plays for us, and Jan Ruda hasn't played a, a single game of NHL time for the Lightning so far. Right. So, shedded that contract. I don't know what. And we, like, uh, I'm pretty sure we traded, like, a sixth, like a seventh-round pick for a fifth-round pick or something. Yeah. Like we moved up two rounds in the draft, too. Like, yeah. They were just they were just giving us away goodies at that point. They really, they really had no interest in Slater Cuckoo. <laughs> uh, he's been decent, but um, – yeah. You know, so Stan Bowman's definitely made some solid moves to, you know, make up for the tough offseason. And hopefully heading into uh, this offseason, he doesn't make the same mistakes he did mm-hmm. last offseason. And that really brings us to our next point. Looking at all the free agents the Blackhawks have once the season uh, comes to an end, both the uh, unrestricted free agents and the restricted free agents. Here looking at uh, the unrestricted free agents – it's expected that uh, most of the UFAs will be let go, most likely looking at uh, that list. That includes Marcus Kruger. Probably don't expect him to be brought back. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. He's been really bad this year. Just doesn't provide anything offensively, and especially that $3 million contract, that's just whack. Right. I would, um, I would like to see Highmore take his position next year. He had a tough injury this season. Right. That, he hasn't was, played. that was tough. Yeah, so, um, yeah, someone's got to step into that role. Marcus Kruger just he's not getting the job done. He's just someone I feel like that he doesn't make a decent team good. He makes a good team really good. You know what I mean? Right. Where they just don't expect much of him. And, you know, the Blackhawks, they don't really get anything from their bottom six, especially when he's in the lineup. So, mm-hmm. I really think Marcus Kruger is going to be let go this offseason. Uh, Cam Ward, with the extension of Callum Dealey, I think that really just seals the deal on that one. Yeah. Uh, and then Chris Kunitz, uh, he'll probably be let go as well. Obviously, he won't be brought back. Who knows if he'll even be playing hockey next season. Right. He might even take a job in 
with the Blackhawks after he, if he retires or what? Because I believe his wife is from Chicago, honestly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a big part of uh, him signing here this offseason was because his family, family ties. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, who knows what will happen there. He's obviously got the hockey knowledge, four-time Stanley Cup winner. Uh, some other names on the UFA list, Brandon Davidson, he's not going to be resigned. Andreas Martinson, not going to be resigned. So, I don't expect any of those five guys to be resigned this offseason, freeing up some money for the Blackhawks. I just, none of those guys make sense for the Blackhawks' future at this point. Right. Those are pretty much just roster depth for Rockford, I would say. Exactly. Uh, and then looking at the RFAs, this is where it gets real interesting for the Blackhawks here, Tony. So the Blackhawks have a lot of names on this list, such as a man we just talked about, Brendan Perlini, mm-hmm. Dylan Secura, David Camp, Gustav Forsling, Carl Dahlstrom, Slater Cuckoo, Victor Edschel. So a lot of guys on that list that uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Blackhawks throw qualifying offers to uh, those guys, who they'll throw those offers to and for how much, you know. Yeah. And then uh, what uh, will be the want for those guys on the market, obviously. Um, I think at this point, some guys that I expect to be re-signed, uh, Dylan Secura, I think he's going to come back for sure. I would agree. Uh, probably, probably pretty cheap. I think Secura will be around. I think he'll be matched. Uh, he'll be in the team's option. So. Yeah. Uh, I think David Camp will probably be brought back, I think. Uh, I think with Gustav Forsling, you know, not being traded at the deadline, I think he'll be brought back just to see what he has. Mm-hmm. And then I think possibly one of Cuckoo or Dahlstrom is going to be brought back. I, I don't think there's room to keep both of them. We just have a log jam of, right. you know, fringe defensemen. There's not room for both of them. And yeah. I, I, you know, I honestly could see us not bringing back either of them. I wouldn't be that shocked to see that. Um, so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And then those guys, that will be a toss up for Brennan Perlini. He, he has that Anthony Duclair vibe, as you said earlier, right. obviously it'll, it'll be interesting to see, how he handles other teams throwing him, you know, matching qualifying offers with the small role he's played for the Blackhawks so far. Yeah, it'll be interesting because at this point, I'm not sure if he's going to have a ton of takers just based on his production and playing time. I think he would, honestly. He's young, and I think I think people around the league would see that he's playing not significant ice time with the Blackhawks, or at least he hasn't been. Hopefully that will change in the last 16 games here. But, I mean, I think he's just a young winger that's got some size. He can shoot the puck. He's a proven goal scorer, and he's young. Just honestly, the Blackhawks kind of have that effect that some guys get traded to him, and they just don't mesh well, you know? Right. That just happens with us for some reason. Right. I would say he's definitely worth keeping. I'm just not sure if they will. Yeah, that's what I'm saying that too. Okay. I'm I'm in that same boat. I really hope they do. I Me hope too. they do. Because I think there's something there. I, I like his speed. Um, I think he needs to play a little bit of a heavier game. You know, he's got size to his game, but he doesn't play with it too often, you know. Right. You don't see he's not like he's not the greatest along the boards. Um he, he's really known for his speed and his shot, and on the fourth line, you don't really find that many opportunities you know showing off guys with a speed speed and shot so he'll be probably the most interesting uh you know whether the blackhawks are going to take him this offseason or not he'll he's really up in the air for me i want to bring him back but i just don't like 
with how the Blackhawks handled Duclair last season, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go. Right. I see that being a very similar situation. Um, I think these last 16 games will be pretty huge, especially if he plays on that second line with Stroman to He's going to have a great opportunity right there to prove his worth. Yeah, exactly. Those guys have been gelling all season long. DeBrinket's right on the verge of scoring 40 goals. Dylan Strom's a point-a-game player pretty much with the Chicago Blackhawks, 40 points in 42 games, which is awesome. God, I love that we have Dylan Strom. <laughs> that man. was a steal. Oh, that was awesome. Thank you, Arizona. Oh, <laughs> baby. Oh, man. Hopefully, I mean, if Perlini can figure it out, that trade just gets even better and better and better. Yeah. Even if Nick Schmaltz, even if Nick Schmaltz is good for Arizona, you know, at the end of the day, we got what we wanted, and if they got what they wanted, you know, honestly, good for them. Nick Schmaltz did look good for Arizona before, you know, he went down with that tragic injury that ended his season. Yeah, he actually uh, started shooting the puck in Arizona. I found that pretty funny. Yeah, he went over there, and then he started scoring power play goals, and that was, like, during the time when our power play was dead last in the league, yep. and I was like, really, really? You're going to go over there and start scoring power play goals and shoot the puck? Like, Patrick Kane's trying to find you in the slot for two years, and then all of a sudden you go to Arizona and you start shooting? Yeah, I was I was seriously laughing at that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, fantastic that – uh, Dylan Strom uh, is a Chicago Blackhawk. You know, hopefully, uh, I think his contract situation honestly will be interesting as well, just because, um, you know, I've seen talk on on Twitter that some people are saying, oh, uh, I don't think they're going to extend Strom this offseason because uh, the Blackhawks want to see, they want to they see more out of him in more games. Like, they want to see him, you know, not just 42 games, they want to see him at an extended point. Right. And at the same time, the Blackhawks can kind of use that as leverage yeah. at the same time where it's like, all right, well, at the same time, you've only played 42 games for us. You know, at the end of the season, it will be 55, 56 games. So it'll be like, you've only played, you know, barely half a season for us. We'll give you, you know, a bridge deal, three years, five mil a piece. Right. You know, six mil a piece. You know, I would like. Because I think DeBrink is going to get somewhere around eight. To be honest, think? I think he's going to. I think he's going to get pretty big, especially if he scores forty goals this season, man. Yeah, he's a young. He's a young stud. He is. Alex DeBrinkets don't score on. Don't grow on trees, man. Like he is <laughs> yeah. legit. His shot. His shot is beautiful, man. And he's established that backdoor one timer from where Ovechkin's, you know, made his living the last fourteen yeah, seasons. That's vintage and Ovechkin. that's that's a lethal weapon. That's a lethal weapon right there. You need that one timer. And that opens up everything for Patrick Kane. You know, if he has a guy going right across from him that can shoot the puck, mm-hmm. look out, look out, you know. And that's what the Blackhawks finally established this season. And, you know, Alex DeBrinkett, the last two months has been as hot as anyone. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the Blackhawks do handle uh, Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strome this offseason as well. Two guys that uh, obviously will get extensions, or at least you, you really hope, you know, at this point, right. they're pretty much shut in stone or they're going to get extensions. But, It'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of numbers they'll be because that has a big part in uh, the Blackhawks' future free agency plans right. as well, you know. So that situation will be something to keep an eye on this summer. So many things for the Blackhawks uh, that could make this team, you know, hopefully a contending team this offseason. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be fun to watch. They're going to have big-time money. I think it was projected around $22 mil or so. So they're going to yeah. have money to get some game changers for sure because there's going to be some – names out there in free agency this season 
and it'll be interesting to see who they actually pursue. There's a there's a few names, of course. There's Panarin, and uh, yeah, I just don't think like it's. I, I, I Panarin's like a it's it's wishful thinking. I I hope, man. I just I hope, but I think, uh, I want it to happen. But I think our, our max that we could spend is like nine mil. Is like the most most we could spend, and I feel like he could get ten going to play somewhere else that has money and yeah you know I, I don't i don't know what type of guy he is i don't know if he wants to play come back home if he'd rather you know there's obviously talks that he wants to play somewhere nice mm-hmm. likes florida uh wants to play in a big city somewhere like the new york's uh chicago that's why that's been in the talk as well mm-hmm. uh i'm really salty that mark stone got taken that was my guy a huge extension i really man mark stone would have been nice do you know, he I don't understand why the Blackhawks didn't pursue a sign-and-trade deal like that, too. It would have made sense. Yeah, it, it was tough positioning for the Blackhawks. It would have been nice to, you know, obviously the only way I would have traded for uh, a guy like Mark Stone at the deadline would have been if he would have signed a sign-and-trade. Yeah. But uh, the Blackhawks were just in that, like, gray area where are we going to give up assets to go get a guy, like, because – you know, obviously we know now that Mark Stone signed that extension, but yeah. at the time when he was, you know, getting talked about being shopped around, obviously you don't know if he's going to sign that extension and he could still be a free agent at the end of the year. So there's just yeah. that gray area that I think was uh, significant enough to keep the Blackhawks' hand out of the water for uh, Mark Stone. Yeah, that does But, make man, sense. that would have been nice to see. That's a lock for Vegas, man. He is going to make them legit. Like, they – yeah. They are good, man. Vegas is no joke. They were already good, so they're even better now. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and he signed uh, a long-term – that long-term deal. That was – I they think eight years, 72 for, mil or something. They signed him for eight years because they traded for him so they could offer him that eighth year. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Yeah. I wish. But, uh, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see if the Blackhawks do uh, go out and make any splashes with the money they have. Uh, looking at some notable guys, uh, I'm pretty sure they got uh, Jeff Skinner, you know, someone like Jeff Skinner. I think he might be a little yeah. out of the Blackhawks' bank. He's had a fantastic season. But uh, some realistic options, you know, Matty Duchesne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, another big guy on my list. Matty Duchesne would be someone that could I could see, you know, slotting in, fitting on, like, top line. Yeah. Potentially. Um, some other names here looking at. Joe Pavelski, I think he might – I think he's just going to stay in San Jose, to be honest. That I, makes I see the most creative, sense. But, he, you know, he's our captain. I don't think he's leaving yeah. anywhere. Uh, Anders Lee, he's captain of the Islanders. I don't think he's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Eric Stahl just got re-signed. Uh, Ryan Dezingle, obviously, no, he's a Wheaton, Wheaton, uh, Illinois boy. Mm-hmm. So, that, that uh, I've heard be... there's rumblings. I've heard there's rumblings that he's might be signing, resigning with Columbus because apparently he has like some sort of ties there. Oh, oh, really? He's got some Columbus ties or something. They're like a someone on the coaching staff, I think, of Columbus. Okay. But uh, he would be a nice fit. Obviously, I love what I see from Ryan Dezingle. He's yeah. he's got a rocket of a shot. Would you? consider Wayne Simmons if he left Nashville I saw him on the list as well um if the price was right you know I'm not gonna break the bank for Wayne Simmons but I think you know with his production he could be like a two point like a three million dollar guy maybe and 
that's not a terrible deal for three million a year to add to the bottom six because you know what he brings to the table. He plays physical. Yeah. Uh, scores goals. He's uh, a in front of that in the gritty in the gritty areas. Yeah, he, he plays just that style you kind of want to have your in your bottom six. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, you know it'll be interesting to see uh what he does with Nashville. Mm-hmm. That's going to be incredible. Nashville. Nashville really went out and made some money moves. They're man. stacked, and they still have money to use. That's what's ridiculous about it is if you look at their defensemen, it's like, what? Like, how do they have all these guys? And then you look at their contracts, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, it's what? incredible. Yeah, how is their GM working that magic all the time? I don't get it. Dude, Nashville is absolutely stacked, and – it's actually crazy that the Nashville Predators come up started by knocking the Blackhawks off the pedestal mm-hmm. in that first round. How crazy is that? Yeah. Like we really literally watched the Nashville Predators form right in front of our eyes and spank us. <laughs> like, and all of a sudden they're the best team in the league ever since they made the Stanley cup tough loss to the Penguins. Yeah. They have. Yeah. No, they're uh, crazy. I'm looking at their cap friendly right now. Uh, they signed that uh, crazy deal. Kelly Kelly Yarncrow was making two million a year for the next four years. Wow. Victor Arvidsson's making four point two five mil per year till twenty twenty four. That's crazy. They're Victor they're Arvidsson. stacked for the future. They're good. They're good long term. Oh yeah, they got Ryan Johansson tied up long term for eight million a year. And then looking at their D men, like dude, Roman Yossi. He only makes four mil a year, and like yeah. he's the captain of that team. He's the captain of that team. He's rock solid, and he's making four mil a year. Like Artem Anisimov makes more than Roman Yossi. <laughs> That's such a bad thing to look at. <laughs> Matias Ekholm only makes three point seven mil, and he's really shown that he is a legit top four guy. And Ryan Ellis is a legit top four guy as well. Yeah. And Ryan Ellis, he's still making two point five mil this year. He doesn't make six point two mil until next season. So, like, they are ridiculous out there in Nashville. They've added uh, just a lot of solid pieces that are going to make them good for a long time. I'm pretty jealous. Yeah. I didn't think I would have ever said that because we always had the upper hand on them for so long, and it was so sweet, you know? It was <laughs> right. beautiful. I love being in Nashville because I hate their crowd. I hate the chants. Yeah. I hate that they yell at the goalie. I hate everybody that yells at the, <laughs> the goalie chant, the, Crawford. It's funny when Crawford's not even that. out there on the ice too, and they're still doing it. <laughs> I I hate that so much. So, <laughs> uh, it's tough to see Nashville be, you know, the big dogs of uh, the NHL now. Yeah, but looking looking ahead here for the Blackhawks, Tony, as we're gonna start to wrap up this episode tomorrow night, they take on the Buffalo Sabers at home. A battle between two teams currently out of the playoff picture. The Sabres are 30-28-8 on the season. If they're in the Western Conference, though, they'd be right in the middle of the playoff race, unfortunately for them. Yeah. It's not how it works. But So they're, they're a decent team. Uh, last time these two teams met was in Buffalo, where Patrick Kane always murders it in his hometown. And the Blackhawks won 7-3. Uh, but Buffalo did put 43 shots on Cam Ward, so... You know, with our defense, there's no gimmies, Tony. So no, uh, it'll be interesting to see what we get tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm expecting a big, big game from Kane. He he always lights up Buffalo, um, and then he's actually kind of cooled off since his point streak ended. I think he's tired, and he's kind of mad that he's not going to win the Hart Memorial, and he's kind of mad that the Blackhawks aren't in the 
playoff race anymore. I just I just think he's kind of mad right now. I mean, he's been carrying the team all season, yeah. man. There's <laughs> there's no shame in him, uh, you know, hitting a little bit of a cool stretch here just because the dude's been playing, you know, defenseman-type minutes for right. probably about two, three months here, you know, and just absolutely carrying this team. I mean, double shift there's no constantly, doubt, too. That's what I'm saying. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I I know. I, I pretty much know he's not going to get the heart. I, Kucherov's yeah. going to win it. But it's just sad that he won't because Kucherov's playing with two other top 15-point uh, producers and bring yeah. point Steven Stamkos out there. They have the best penalty kill, the best power play, you know, arguably the best goaltender. They're clearly the best team in the league. And, you know, I think if you remove Nikita Kucherov from Tampa Bay, they're still a top-tier team. Yeah, absolutely. You remove Patrick, you remove Patrick Kane from the Blackhawks, they are a disaster. They might be worse than the Kings if Kane's not on this team. That's what I'm saying. So, it sucks that, you know, he's probably not going to win the heart, but he has just been awesome. Hopefully, uh, you know, as you said, he's been hitting a little bit of a cool stretch here. Uh, not sure if he's tired or if he's pissed off or not. But yeah, that's what I'm kind of saying. It, <laughs> hopefully he uh, gets it back together against, uh, you know, his hometown team and the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, it was an offensive game the last time these teams met, 7-3, to three, as I said. Uh, with two, you know, kind of shaky and weak defenses, we could probably expect the same tomorrow as well. Yeah. Uh, looking at the special teams matchup, Buffalo, they have the 17, uh, 17th ranked power play in the league, but they do have the fifth ranked penalty kill, and they did score a power play goal in the last meeting while the Blackhawks went 0 for 2. So it will be interesting to see, obviously, with the Blackhawks having, you know, a historically bad penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Keeping an eye on the special teams battle is pretty much a key for every game for the Blackhawks. It's pretty much don't take penalties, and we have a chance to win. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Get your power play out there. Exactly. Keep keep those <laughs> keep drawing penalties. Stay out of the box, boys. I feel like we always take you know too many men on the ice. That's the worst penalty. Game. There's no excuse to take that. Those are the worst ones, and they always end up in the back of the net. I swear to God. I mean, <laughs> They usually end up in the back of the net anyway with our penalty. Yeah. Game, but, uh, so, yeah, special teams battle will be something to keep an eye on tomorrow. Uh, and then something, obviously, to keep an eye on tomorrow will, uh, will be uh, to see what lines the Hawks do roll out. Obviously, they were uh, kind of jumbled up at practice. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what the Blackhawks uh, have going on once uh, the anthem is sung in Chicago. Yeah, um, it'll also be interesting – to see what they do on defense because they didn't really show those lines at all today. Did you see them? No, I didn't see those at all. Uh, I don't think they were posted anywhere, not that at least that I saw. Um, but yeah, you know, Keith and Seabrook is the top pairing. It's just hard. That was so good, hurt. maybe like five years ago. Five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, man. Uh, it's rough. I don't really know what to do with our defense at this point. Everyone's just kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, hopefully we just win some shootouts. So, <laughs> just yeah, try to put, last six... try to put more points on the board than the other team. That's about it. As I, as we said earlier, these last sixteen games they might not result uh, in a whole lot of wins, but uh, I think with ma- uh, mixing up the line and giving some, uh, you know, some guys that normally play uh, limited minutes, giving them some chances will really show. Uh, what they have, especially heading into free agency this season. So uh, it may not be the worst idea to give those guys some looks down the last 16 games. And while it might not result in wins, 
it will help the front office, you know, further uh, gain further knowledge on what these guys bring to the table. Yeah, definitely uh, a crucial time period for as far as valuation goes, I would say. Um, they have the money to do something in the offseason for the first time in a very long time. So, um, I mean, if some guys go, that's okay. They can find some replacements with the money they have. There's also some talent coming up that I would like to see. Um, like you said earlier, Aide Scholl, uh, Highmore is coming back from an injury. It'll be interesting interesting to see what he has to offer um brandon hagel he's interesting he they just signed him this season and then yeah, speaking of, of hagel uh they signed his teammate today yeah uh, uh, reese johnson. johnson yeah reese johnson yeah that'll be interesting yeah i was looking uh looking at his numbers um he's been playing uh for the red deer rebels right. of the western hockey league for the past i think four seasons now i think he's been with them since he was a 16 year old actually oh wow yeah uh but he he missed a season with injury uh one year i think okay. it was three years ago he missed a year with injury but uh the last two seasons he's been a pretty decent point producer for uh for the Rebels and the WHL uh, this season, I think he's got 22 goals and 23 assists in 62 games, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, but something that stood out to me uh, was that he's never finished a season of his junior career with more assists than goals scored. So seems to be more of a pure goal scorer than a natural playmaker. So it'll be just another guy to add to the prospect list to keep your eyes on, man. They keep coming. Keep them Absolutely. coming our way. Keep, keep the future looking good. That's what we got to hope for at this point, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, last 16 games will be interesting, and then it will be even more interesting this offseason. Uh, so, you know, even though the Blackhawks end of the season, you know, it's not really what we hoped it to be. There's so much to be excited for in the future and for, you know, what's coming up, man. So I think that's about going to wrap up this episode, man. I appreciate you joining us, Tony, on this episode of Talking Hockey. Uh, thank you so much to all the listeners out there always. I appreciate it, guys. Make sure to give uh, the podcast Twitter account a follow at Talk Hockey for all Blackhawks news and live tweeting of every Blackhawks game. Uh, as always, go Hawks. Make our defense great again. Tony, thank you for joining me, man. Really appreciate it tonight. Absolutely. I had a great time. Looking forward to the next time. Yeah, no, you'll definitely be joining us on future episodes. So from Jack Bushman and uh, Tony and Janaris, uh, <laughs> you had it right. Janaris. Oh, damn. I got in my own head. Look at me go. <laughs> <laughs> Make our defense great again, Stan Bowman. <laughs> Peace out. Thank you, Tony. Yep. Peace.